We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast live on a Friday, which of course means little Notre Dame recruiting hour talk. Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com, at Rise and Draft on Twitter. Joined by my guy, Mr. Sean Davis, co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure that you go check out Lucky Lefty Podcast on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms. I know also they have their YouTube channel as well. I was actually just watching them live on YouTube before the show even kicked off here, kind of prepping things behind the scenes here. But we're going to be talking a lot of 2025 recruiting. I know there's there's some buzz about a 2024 commit uh, or 2024 recruit that Notre Dame is taking a look at that's visiting later this month. We can talk about that, guys, in the mailbag if people want to ask about Kevin Humes, who's the defensive back out of St. Francis Academy in the state of Maryland. We could definitely hit on him a little bit, but we are focusing exclusively on 2025 class and the front seven today, Sean. We're going to talk about defensive line. Notre Dame is obviously onto a very fast start of the defensive line. We'll talk about a couple of the pieces that y'all need to know about as we finish up the class. We'll also, uh, maybe hear from a, a potential commits that's already well, a, a player that has already committed to Notre Dame, a little previous interview that I've done with them. We'll also kick off linebacker recruiting, which is going to be a very interesting topic because there's a lot of guys that I would say Notre Dame's in a pretty good early spot for. But like last year, it was a lot of names, and we just kind of need to cycle in who are the guys that Notre Dame's really pushing for. So we'll give you the names that you definitely need to know. There's also a linebacker that is currently uh, is currently visiting South Bend, Indiana, as we speak, braving the cold, Mr. Josiah Kia out of the state of Hawaii. So we'll talk linebacker recruiting. I also have a really cool interview with a linebacker that is on the board for Notre Dame, a guy that Notre Dame seems to value heavily. So we got two interviews for you all today. We'll also hit the mailbag at the end, so throw the mailbags in the chat at any time. By the way, Sean, we just have plenty of surprises for these folks today because we might have a special guest joining us for a mailbag, giving you a little bit of a Notre Dame player perspective. So we'll we'll get all that you t- to you all today. Always, as I start this show, though, Sean, can't skip over, man. How are you, my friend? How, how's everything going in Sean Davis land? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I wish I could turn the computer, bro. I wish I could. I'm a winter <laughs> person, bro. I'm a, yeah. uh, uh, Ryan, I'm a winter person. So let me explain. My wife is in California with my daughter. Okay. And I was supposed to go, but I had to stay to handle some things back here. I wake up this morning, six inches of snow overnight, another four inches on the way. All the schools are closed. High schoolers and teenagers are walking around with shovels trying to hustle. And of course, I stepped out and said, hey, right here, I'll give you 40 bucks. Just shovel the snow. I don't have to worry about that. I can hibernate all weekend. Relax until I have to go out for Sunday morning worship. And uh yeah, I'm gonna enjoy watch probably a couple of Notre Dame games from the year and rewatch some things and watch some film and go over the 25 guys that'll be coming in for the visits, you know, just checking their film out so we can talk about them in the future. And yes, yo, it's lovely, man. Now the only thing is I have to order in groceries. So that's going to be interesting because they might search. They might hit me with like a fifteen dollars surcharge because of the weather. Is that how they do that? That's how they do it. They throw I think the they do. I usually okay. get my groceries from Walmart, and it's usually free yeah. if I just yeah. let them come within three hours. But they might surcharge me because of the snow, and what that's fine. That's fine yeah. because I refuse to to pay DoorDash and Uber today. I, I refuse. <laughs> I'll cook my own meals. I'll cook my own meals. Yes. And see when it gets cold. I have to battle with, I don't know if you go through this. I have to battle with my wife because she loves it warm and I love it cooler in the house. 
Same. So when it, Same. So when it gets yeah. cold, she wants it up to like 78. And I'm like, no, that's 78. Oh, oh my gosh. It's like the topics <laughs> in here, double R. As long as I can get 69, 70, I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. Well, I, I know it's not in New Jersey, it's not as cold as where you guys are, obviously, but it is very it's been very cold the last couple of days. So we have our heat cranked up to like 72 and like that's a little high for me man like i'm more like a 68 you know what i mean like i'm not a 72 guy it's not me she pumps it up to i'll say the range is like 75 to 78 she pumps it up puts on a hoodie right when she pumps it up i'm like oh man then she gets upset when she starts sweating it's like really She's trying to overheat herself man oh man she's been like that since the first day i met her we knew oh, right before we got married, like, okay, we're going to battle <laughs> over the heat and the air conditioning in the house. So, man, so uh, it was nippy. Nice, quick, no, quick note before we get into defense. So, that actually reminded me, we used to have a me and my wife, uh, her best friend used to live with us when we first started going out, like many moons ago now at this point, I guess. But, Sean, they were the complete opposite. They would drop the temperature down to like 58. 60 oh. i'm like brother like i like it cold in the house i just said like 68 is like a perfect temperature to me personally mm-hmm. in the household but like 58 mm-hmm. trying to freeze me out man like no thank you no thank you no thank you so it's very interesting how people are so different people even get like those weighted blankets now that are like suit they're cold right so yeah. like you get kind of that coldness, get that coldness and then you, yeah. but then you put the blanket on top so it like regulates the climate i guess i, I don't mm-hmm. know how this stuff actually works but yeah so yeah, that's uh, it's interesting how everyone's so different. But we're gonna get into defensive line talk now, folks. And again, cool. mailbag questions at the end. We have a, a, a cool guest. I think is gonna be pretty, pretty fun to have them on during the podcast today, especially during a mailbag section. So mailbag questions at any point. Sean, let's talk defensive line recruiting. Notre twenty twenty five. Notre Dame is off to a fast start. I mean, it, it's kind of close to being done, and we are in. January of 2024 talking about a 2025 class that won't sign for a very long time at this point. I mean, what 11 months they're not going to sign for. Right. Mm-hmm. And despite that Notre Dame has commitments currently, because we know that Christopher Burgess had just committed, you know, uh, during the all American bowl last weekend on Saturday. So you now have Christopher Burgess. You have CJ may out of the state of Alabama. You have Davion Dixon, who was actually the first player to commit in the class for Notre Dame in 2025, defensive tackle out of the state of Florida. You also have Joseph Reef, who's an Illinois guy that I know you yeah. know very well. Mm-hmm. And then Notre Dame also has Dominic Kulak, who is he's more of a linebacker that can also play defensive line. Like he's more he's like he's a linebacker viper type. So I I I am tentative to even including him in this conversation, Sean. Because is there a situation where Dominic Hulak ends up as a full time Viper on the next level? It's possible. I mean, his body could develop into that. But I personally, because I think I'm a little bit higher than most people on Dominic Hulak, but I think that he is a perfect movable chess piece on the second level. I want to blitz him from the interior, which we know that Al Golden likes to do a ton. I want to put him on the edge in certain scenarios, like they did with Maris Loipel. At time during his time, I think Hulak is just a very, he's a very kind of diverse football player, a guy that you can lose in a lot of different areas. So I'm actually a little bit hesitant to even include him in this conversation, but we will 
just for argument's sake. We're, we're either way. Yeah. Sean, what is what is the what did Marcus Freeman immediately when he got to Notre Dame? What did he preach about what he wanted to do defensively? As far as what was he looking for? A couple things Lim- he was looking for: Lim- length, yep, athleticism, and he definitely yeah. wanted to have one A, one B on the depth chart. Like he didn't yes. want a big disparity in between. Perfect, the perfect, exactly what I wanted you to hit on, Sean. Because yes, he wants to get longer. He wants to get more athletic, and he wants to get a little bit more versatile on defense. He wants guys to be able to move around a little bit. And so far in the defensive line class, Notre Dame in 2025, you got a whole mess of that, man. I mean, guys, I did a film room on Christopher Burgess. There's this one play, Sean, where he was making a play in pursuits where you kind of see him sprawl for a tackle. And you're just like, dude, that dude is stupid long. Like, he yeah. is long as heck and explosive. You also have C.J. May, who, by the way, really good basketball player. C.J. May is a really, mm-hmm. really good basketball player. 6'4", 225 pounds, probably Viper early, maybe big end eventually. Like, he is a very talented athlete as well. You have Davion Dixon, who's more of the nose tackle in the middle. You have Dominic Kulak, who's kind of a movable chess piece. And not to mention, I don't know if you saw this, Joseph Reef, who I'm not, like, super high on. But he's yeah. up to 250 pounds now. Right. So the vision that the staff is selling as far as I think that they think that Joseph Reef, while he might be a strong side defensive end early on in his Notre Dame career, he is a player that could eventually be that Riley Mills track of eventually yeah. being a three tech, you know, maybe being yeah. 290, 300 pounds, which I think they might be right on. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I still I still question the take as early as it was, but ultimately – I'm going to wait back and I'm going to see if they were right about Joseph Reef. They obviously like him a lot. So now you know the what? question is, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you go. You go. No, I just want to tap into that and just talk about, you know, what the changes that are being made and, and what they want to do defensively in the future, because you can see the length and athleticism, but you could also see the plans that they have for these kids. And I remember when they went after Dominic Kulak, a lot of people were like, no, who is this kid? Right. And immediately the feedback I got from local area coaches were, yo, you have to come see this kid play like they move him all over the field. So like even in high school, he's a versatile kid that attacks second level outside. They blitz him inside like tight end on offense. offense, (laughs) Like, this is an athlete. Right. So if you want, we say like Notre Dame just needs more football players. Okay, you you have one. Forget what the star rankings say. Notre Dame has identified a football player, and he's a Chicago kid. And they now they're establishing and, and planting that flag with Hulock, Cam Williams, Christopher Burgess Jr. Now they're doing what they need to do, and their presence is starting to show up more in Chicago, which is absolutely fantastic. You talk about Joseph Reed. Look, they have a plan for him. He's already up to 250. So is he going to be big in eventually? You know, it does. Is he able to get up to 280, 290 eventually, and maybe move inside or kind of have the same career that uh, Riley Mills had, starting outside and eventually being able to play a little bit inside? You know, and we'll talk about some of the other prospects, you know, inside, but it's clear that what they've done, like you said, with Burgess, CJ May, Hulock, Reed, the plans they have, they have the anchor and Davion Dixon. I think they're going to continue to get. You, you would love to get two anchors per class yes. like Davion Dixon, but if you don't, get one per class and then go and get other guys that you feel can grow into the position because you do have depth that you can yep. develop right now from the previous two classes. So 
man, you have to be super excited about what they're doing, you know, with the length and athleticism and versatility on the defensive line starting out this 25 class. Agree. Agree. And it's, it, there's a next step too to it, right, Sean? Like there's a next mm-hmm. step as far as how do you finish up this class? Cause I mean, look, if we, if we count Dominic Kulak as a defensive lineman, if you got him as a Viper traditionally in the sense, you now have one, two, three, four, five defensive linemen, right? I still count it as four because ultimately mm-hmm. I think that Kulak gives you that flexibility where you don't have to put the number in pen right now. Like you don't have to do that. But ultimately, I think that there could potentially be two spots left here, Sean. And there's guys on the board that we've hinted on before, right? Like we've talked about, like, for instance, we talked about Isaiah Campbell out of North Carolina. We've talked about Matthew Johnson out of De La Salle out there in California. But there are really two guys that it feels like, and if you're on the message board at boards.outrashbreakdown.com, should have mentioned this before because you mentioned it already, on the 20th for the junior day of this month, there's going to be a host of very talented recruits on targets on campus there's a running list on there by the way so you should go to make sure to check in on who is going to be at notre dame next weekend for the junior day but sean i so those couple names that we'll talk about like we're not going to talk about those guys as much in depth because they're guys that we know notre dame has been in contact with they know that notre dame has liked but there just isn't a ton of traction right there for different reasons on both sides Mm -hmm. there are Traction, though, on two particular players, one edge player, a Viper, and one interior defensive lineman that I'm very interested to see what happens with him down the line for Notre Dame. The first guy, and let's hit, let's hit on him because we've been talking about him all, 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 all last four months, it feels like, Damian Shanklin, uh-huh. who, another local kid, he's out of Warren Central in Indianapolis, Indiana, six foot four, 230 pounds, some list him at six foot five, Sean, I know you've seen the film, though. I remember we were texting about it, what, like a month and a half ago now at mm-hmm. this point? Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're, I think he says, I'm like, bro, Shanklin. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, man. Yeah. He's a talented football player. So let's start the conversation with him because he's obviously a very talented football player. He fits into the profile we're talking about. Long and explosive. Long and explosive. That kid, it, he's ranked as like pretty much a consensus top 200 player in the class. But I think ultimately, Sean, he could be a top 50 kid when all is said and done, man. I think he has that type of upside to him. Yeah, he's a late bloomer, right? It's like yes. when we finally looked at his film, we were like, oh, snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to get in on him. And it's something that you haven't seen. He's a game breaker defensively. What was the last game breaker we saw? I didn't say last player that just, you know, Kyle Hamilton was a game breaker. Um, right. Before him, would you consider Foskey a game wrecker? Um, at times, I, he at wasn't times. consistent with it, but like at times, right. yeah, Foskey was a game wrecker. Yeah. So the last game wrecker might have been. Do we have to go all the way back to Jalen? And we're not saying they haven't had great yeah. players defensively. Sure. We're just talking about sure. game wreckers that just guys that guys that can take over a football game, right? Yes. Like not just yes. a, not just a great part of a, a not not a great cog to a machine. A guy right. that literally. If you don't worry about him, he could ruin a football game for ruin him. a football yeah, I game. It, I think that's safe. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, Jalen Smith's probably a good one. Yeah. 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 So he has that type of talent. You watch this kid's film and it's like, oh my God. And then now you're in a battle. This seems to be the battle with all of these kids, right? Michigan, Ohio State. No, like Notre Dame knows. Like, okay, these 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 are the teams we're fighting for the guys that we want and the must gets. And there's no difference with Damian Shanklin. 
right? And we hear good things about the relationship that's being built. Damian Shanklin, you talk to him. He says great things about the school and the coaching staff. So, you know, it's going to come down to, like, I think one of the greatest misses, in my opinion, was Kenneth Grant. Like, he's right there in your backyard in 22. Was and, he an Indiana kid? Was Kenneth Grant? Yeah, an Mar- kid? out of Maryville High School. Wow. You know, and I that that might have been like the transition for yeah. Marcus Freeman, but he was still on the defensive staff as a as a defensive coordinator. And it's like, yo, how and that kid dominated. He dominated. He's exactly what you're looking for, too, man, as far as he's, that size. He's exactly profile. what he's looking for and need. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. we talk about Chicago, we talk about Indianapolis and Indiana. Like you you have to get those dudes. From those areas as Notre Dame. You're you're the biggest brand. You're the closest brand. And Damian Shanklin is no different when we're talking yep. about that. Yeah, and his offer list is continuing to expand. A lot of great programs are looking at him. Again, you like you just you don't miss the you, you don't you don't get the profile all the time of the length and the twitch that Damian Shanklin brings. And Sean, the crazy mm-hmm. part is that he's already 230 pounds. I could see Shanklin eventually being a strong side end in the way that Isaiah Foskey was. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but ultimately, he is a Viper. He's a Viper right here, right now. But I could see him eventually being an Isaiah Foskey-ish type of player where it's like, you could probably play him at big end if you wanted to, right? I mean, at the end there, like, Isaiah Foskey was 265 pounds. He could have played big end if he really felt like it. But regardless, that's the Viper that Notre Dame really wants. You know what I love? Just talking about the staff for a second, Sean. And Christopher Burgess talked about this a lot after he made his commitment. And we'll actually maybe hear from Christopher Burgess at some point in this show. Who knows? But he said the thing that really sold him on Notre Dame was that they made it apparent every time he talked that they needed him. Right. It wasn't that they wanted him. They needed him. They wanted him to be the key cog. They wanted him to be the face. They wanted him to be the guy. And I, I mean, I've even talked to like, uh, this is a different conversation of a different position, but like Marco Jones in the, you know, the linebacker in 2025, they already sell into him. Like we got a great California linebacker in 2024 named Kingston Villiamoasa. You know, what's great. You and him can work together so well. And we need what you do. Like need is the word mm-hmm. that you hear a lot. And I think, I think kids buy into that, man. They, they buy into that because they know that you value them. Right, you devalue what you could bring to the table. They value every part of your game. Notre Dame's doing that, man. I love it. I really okay. love how much they're making guys like Damian Shanklin feel like they need to be a part of the Notre Dame program, not want to be a part of the Notre Dame program. Isn't that just an extension of what we hear about Marcus Freeman and who he is as a person, and the honesty yep. we hear from the staff, from recruits and recruiting? Right, Jeremiah Love, his story, and his dad, Jay Love, and the honesty they got from Dylan McCullough. Every time. And it's the same thing we hear from other coaches on the recruiting trail from recruits. And that comes down from Marcus Freeman. So when you get that type of honesty with a kid like Chris Burgess Jr., it resonates and it needs to resonate. Right. Because the Chicago kid needs to know why should I trust you? My aspirations are this. Why should I trust you to develop me as a young man on and off the field? And when you give them truth, yo, kids know. Like kids know they're smarter than we think. Kids can tell when you're just, you know, feeding them a bunch of crap when you're lying and they can feel it when you're being honest and authentic with them as well and telling them the truth. And that goes a long way when you're communicating with anybody in life and even in recruiting. 
it, there's an authenticity authenticity to the Notre Dame staff, isn't there? Because you just mentioned Jeremiah Love, and I know you're hitting on this one, but I mean, we're not going to disclose the full story. But I mean, basically, the Love family tried to trap Dela McCullough in lying to them. He tried to trap them, and you know what Dela McCullough didn't do? He didn't lie to them. He was mm-hmm. honest the entire time, and that is what ultimately drove Love to Notre Dame. That was the biggest part. Was that yes, he can see himself there, but ultimately. Do I trust the people that are developing me that I need to be around every single day? Can I trust them? And I think that's why Christopher Burgess chose Notre Dame over. I mean, he was high on Ohio State. He was high on Ohio State. He was high on a couple other schools. I know he liked Michigan. I know he liked Bama to a degree. I mean, obviously, it would have taken a, it would have shook shook up a little bit after Nick Saban stepped down, right? Like that would have mm-hmm. been a little bit different. But ultimately, Notre Dame won for Christopher Burgess because he trusted them and he made them feel like a need. And I think that it is similar of how they are making a guy like Damian Shanklin feel right now. He feels like they, he feels like they need him, which is I think a great place to be, man. So he is going to be a really good football player. Damian Shanklin. I think Notre Dame is the front runner right for net for now. You have to close, but good thing is Sean, he'll be back on the 20th for junior day, which is mm-hmm. a great sign that a kid just keeps coming back to school, man keeps coming back to school. Keeps coming feel free back. to commit, Damien. Feel free. Amen. And I'll say this. This isn't as much about Damien, Sean, but of the list that we have put together already, I'm not – I'm. let me let me phrase this the best way. Don't be surprised if there's not a couple kids that pop on the 20th. I'm not saying it's going to be Damien Shanklin, but do not be surprised if there's a couple kids that don't pop on the 20th. I think that Notre Dame has put themselves in a great position with several of the players – that are going to be on campus very soon here for junior. Day. I know it's early, but yes. would you put the combination of Burgess Shanklin, if Shanklin does commit to have those two guys coming off the edge for the next two or three, three, three to four years that, I mean, that's going to be scary, tough. Man. That's going to be tough Pretty to scary. beat in this yeah. recruiting cycle. It's, it's going to be scary to, I mean, just like tangibly for Notre Dame because John, I, I've kind of phrased it in my film room on, on Christopher Burgess. He's not nearly to his ceiling, man. Like he's nowhere mm-hmm. near it, guys. Mm-mm. But you watch him move and you watch the frame he has, and you're just like, dude. <laughs> like if he hits his potential and his upside, that kid could be a superstar. I mean, you mentioned it with Shanklin, but like Christopher Burgess could be a game wrecker as a big end Absolutely. if he hits his upside. Like he really could, man. And CJ May, right? Did you like see the picture he took with his new yes. high school coach and uh, Marquis Lightfoot. Yes. You see how thick he was? Yes, compared to in Lightfoot. Comparison right? to Lightfoot? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm saw like, Lightfoot okay. in person, man. I'm like, Lightfoot is long as heck, right? Like he's mm-hmm. a long dude, but he he's got a, he's got a lot of room that he needs to put on mass, right? Like he is not mm-hmm. nearly thick enough right now. But Burgess, Burgess is almost ready to play physically. Again, technical wise, nowhere near. Like there, there's things that need to develop there, but physically. He can play, man. I mean, I, I'll take that type of kid every single year and seven times on Saturdays. Like, give me uh-huh. guys that look like Christopher Burgess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Other guy we want to talk on real quick before we get into an interview here, Jarquez Carter, who's a defensive tackle out of Newberry, Florida. This is an interesting one, Sean. Listed now at six foot two, two 287 pounds, gained a bunch of weight this offseason, and it's really good weights. I mean, he played at like 270 as a, as a sophomore. He's mm-hmm. like 287 right now coming out of his junior year. This is a young man where there was a lot of momentum early for Notre Dame. Notre Dame got him to come up to campus. It went really well. He's pretty good friends with Davion Dixon, who's already in the class for Notre Dame. Cool. And then there was kind of a break in communication for whatever reason. I, I, I actually have not gotten to the bottom of that, folks. I don't know if it's just numbers seem like maybe they couldn't get Jarquez just because of numbers issues. And I still have my questions of like if he's a guy that they're 100% going to push for. But what I do know, Sean, is we always know that actions speak a whole lot louder than words. You know what the actions are recently over the last few weeks? They're calling him every day, every mm. single day, which tells me maybe they can make those numbers work. Maybe they can get a Jarquez Carter to go along with a Davion Dixon inside. And that might be also because, like, again, in a blanket, a lot of people are including Dominic Kulak on the defensive line recruiting. But I'm telling you guys, that gives them flexibility, man. If they want to try to get one extra defensive lineman, they can leave Hulak as an interior offensive, I mean, as a linebacker, a true off-ball kid, a true second-level player. But regardless, Jarquez is talking to Notre Dame every single day. He is mm-hmm. trying to come back up for a visit. There's a possibility, this has not been cemented, possibility that he could be here this month. It's it's possible. It's in the works potentially. And I will say this, Sean, I talked to a different source away from the Notre Dame program and not not with Carter either but a, a person that I trust thoroughly. And there is a feeling that Jarquez Carter, Notre Dame might be the top school for Jarquez Carter right now. So if Notre Dame wants him and they push, I think they're going to have a chance at Jarquez Carter, man, who's more of a, Davion Dixon's kind of that space eater, physical yeah. dude. Jarquez is that twitched up three technique and get after the quarterback a little bit. Absolutely. Between Jarquez Carter and me, Juju, Julian Marks, two Florida kids, Dude, I think both of them play basketball. That's what you're talking about. Like those twitchy kids, three technique, Tommy Harris types that just can you talk about game breakers? They can just Tommy, wreck Tommy everything. Harris is a good cop, man. I like man. That. Tommy Harris is a good cop. I like Chicago that. Bears fans that might be in the chat. No, like once he got hurt, everything yeah. else went downhill with that Tampa two defense. And those are the type of kids that you get that up front could just make a humongous defense uh, difference in the program and the direction of the program defensively. If you think the defense is good now, if Notre Dame starts getting the Chris Burgesses, the Damian Shanklins, the Jacquez Carters, the Damian Dixons, yeah. now you're talking about that defense going to that top 10 level through the air and on the ground. Now you're talking about holding teams to less than 100 yards, less than 80 yards per game on the ground. If Notre Dame can get to that level defensively, man, watch out. Definitely watch out because you might see a couple of titles coming to South End. But, I, man, look, the kid's film speaks for itself. You talk about the relationship he has with Davion Dixon. I hope they get him. Hey, and recruiting is just like high school, man. (laughs) You like the girl, tell her. (laughs) Right. Tell her. Don't be that guy that sits back and is like, well, I don't know. Because you snooze, you're going to lose. Absolutely. And, and, yep. and then you're going to see an ugly dude with her, and then you're going to be mad. Like, how's she with him? Because he had the courage to tell her, I like you. I'd like to take you out. And the same thing. If you want your quest part of Notre Dame, tell him. 
every day. Tell them. Let them know. Yep. We need you. The same thing you did with Chris Burgess. Because I think in the 24 class, maybe there are a couple of people that didn't end up coming to Notre Dame that we might feel like, ah, Notre Dame didn't probably do as much as they should have. Sure. With this yeah. particular individual. I don't think yep. they're I don't think that same mistake is being made with the 25 class. So that's good to see. And I think the numbers are going to be very interesting, Sean, because um, so people are uh, people came in late. So I kind of led off with like Notre Dame has still has contacts with guys like Isaiah Campbell, Matthew Johnson out of, out of uh, California. But there just mm-hmm. isn't a ton of traction there. We're talking about kids that are legitimately possible. And also they're, I think, a lot closer to decisions, which is it's going to affect the numbers as well. The numbers, though, is going to be very interesting. Twenty twenty-five defensive line class, just def- class in general, not even defense for a second, Sean, because we are told it's going to be a bigger class. Well, first and foremost, it's going to be a bigger class, and also, I believe, just based upon some conversations I've had and and Brian's had, and we've kind of collaborated this together, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame over recruited a little bit this class. They kind of kept yeah. ties with kids. Because ultimately, we saw this a little bit at wide receiver recruiting in 2024 when a decommitment happened. Having relationships can really help you down the line just in case a decommitment does happen. In case a player goes pro early, a couple of extra people hit a transfer portal that you're not expecting. Numbers can change very quickly here. So expect mm-hmm. a bigger class. Expect Notre Dame to maybe over-recruit a little bit and keep those relationships in case you know, they have a spot open for them and they can make it work. I think that those are going to be a couple key things to watch. Long story short, Sean, Notre Dame defensive line recruiting is in a tremendous spot, man. And that is, of course, included in Christopher Burgess, who committed last weekend to University of Notre Dame over finalists, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. And he threw at LSU just to be hilarious. He just threw at LSU there for some reason. I just don't know why he did that. But he chose Notre Dame, Sean, and right afterwards, there was a uh, interview that was put out there. It got a little bit of context to, you know, obviously why he picked Notre Dame, all that type of stuff. Also, guys, a couple days ago, I got a chance to sit down with Christopher Burgess, talk about his recruitment, talk about why Notre Dame, and we want to play for you all that next. So this is a pre-recorded conversation that I personally had a couple days ago with Mr. Christopher Burgess, and I hope you all enjoy it here on the Ash Freakdown Podcast. Now joining the Irish Breakdown podcast for the first time as a full-fledged member of the 2025 recruiting class and one of the newest members. I almost said the newest member, but I was like, "Hey, eh, they just got another commitment from Ethan Long." Not too after, not too long after, Christopher Burgess, who is a star defensive end out of the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, 2025 class, top hundred defensive end in the 2025 class. A huge get, obviously, for Notre Dame. Him being a Chicago kid, just 90 minutes away. Him being a big-time recruit. And they got the big commitments during the All-American Bowl, right right, at the, right as the game started there in the beginning. Chris, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you for coming on. I guess the most easy question to start this conversation, man, is what's it feel like being Irish officially? feels amazing. I feel like I got all the weight off my shoulders. feels yeah. like I'm home. Well, I mean, I mean, literally, man, you are just about home. I mean, we talked about it, right? But it's like you are 90 minutes away. Obviously, the city of Chicago is considered kind of the backyard to Notre Dame football. And I know it was honestly probably a very daunting process for you, you know, with all the 
different schools coming at you. And I know you, you developed some great relationships with the, like Ohio state, Michigan, and some of your other finalists. I guess my, my main question to really kind of get the conversation started is that moment to be able to be one of the, I think it was only two 2025 kids that were at the all American bowl and being able to make your early declaration. And like you said, kind of get the process over with a little bit, just what was that moment like overall being down in San Antonio, doing it live, being with your family? Like what, what, just relive that moment for me a little bit. Well, it was like a lot of nerves going on because you got all the attention going towards you. You got a lot of cameras going towards you over like a million people watching on TV. So like the nerves like pumping, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I would say this, man, is I'm trying to remember back to when I was your age. I would not have been brave enough to do that, man. I mean, you got millions of eyes on you. It's not, it's, it's hectic. It's very, yeah. so I, I applaud you first and foremost for even being, being as charismatic in that moment, but also being able to do that moment. Because I, at your age, I definitely wouldn't be able to do that. Well, let, let me ask you this. Because I know leading up to the decision again, I mean, you had a great finalist list. I mean, I mentioned Ohio State. I mentioned Michigan. Alabama's on your list. LSU was on your list. A lot of big-time programs. I guess kind of a two-parter here is, what was your emotions leading up to that final decision time? And then now just kind of looking back on it, how happy are you with the decision that you ultimately made? Well, looking back, I'm, like, super grateful and happy because – I wouldn't say it's like a lot of emotion going up to the decision because Coach Freeman told me like just take your emotions out the just take your emotions out the pitch and just choose where your heart wanna go. So that's what I did. I just took my emotions out, took my feelings out, and just told where my heart was going. And obviously it's a big pickup for Notre Dame in the twenty twenty five class, which I'm gonna ask you about in a little bit because Notre Dame is off to a tremendous start in twenty twenty five. I think it's gonna be the best recruiting class so far under Coach Freeman. I wanted to ask because I mean, so you are a, for people that don't know your background a little bit, you were a, a big-time basketball player as well, you know, a little bit of a younger age, right? You were a, obviously, a big-time football player. You're also a student athlete and obviously a, a, a student good enough to even qualify to go to the University of Notre Dame. So I know academics are also very important to you. Talk to me about the recruiting process in general. Outside of picking Notre Dame, you know, t- talking to this coach, that coach, how were you able to handle just kind of the hecticness of it, man? Because I know it can be really chaotic this time of year, especially. Yeah, well, I handle it like one coach at a time. Like just, it's like a lot of patience going through this because everybody want to talk to you. Everybody want to get your attention. Everybody wants your commitment. You know, it's like you just got to be patient with it and just enjoy the process, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think another great question would be, and I probably should have led this off, but because I, I, I asked you, you know, you being Irish and being able to make that decision and just how excited you are for that. But ultimately, Chris, like, why was it your decision? You know, I mean, you had a lot of great suitors, a lot of big time programs. Why Notre Dame in the end? Because, like I said, they in my backyard, they hour away. And then they still they were like the number one school that had the best relationship with my parents. And at the same time, they invested a lot into me. Like they hosted workouts with me and they did a lot of stuff with me and it was like, them was the ones, you know, I had to choose them. Well, I, I, one thing that you were super consistent on anytime I w- was DMing with you and just kind of talking with you a little bit was you mentioned every single time just about that Notre Dame had always made you a priority and made you the centerpiece of this, right? Like you are the guy that they need. I guess how important was just kind of those coaches relationships, whether it is 
Coach Freeman, Coach Wash, even Chad Bowden, obviously, on the recruiting side. How important were those relationships, I guess, to this decision? It was, like, very important. Like, I wanted to know the coaches personally, like, for the school I'm going to pick. I just wanted to know every single coach who I was going to be around, who was going to coach me, just, you know, like, et cetera. So I just wanted to know, like, if I choose a school, are they going to take care of me in the long run? So that was, like, my most important thing. Was it important at all? And and I'm I'm very curious about this because Marcus Freeman, obviously, before he was the head coach of Notre Dame, he had been developing a a reputation as one of the great defensive minds in all of college football. I mean, you talk about what he was doing as a defensive coordinator even before he got to Notre Dame. Was that important at all as far as being a, being a part of a being under a staff that has such a great reputation to develop defensive players? Because I know ultimately, I'm sure you have high aspirations to eventually get to that highest level. Yeah, I wanted to play. I I don't know what the defensive player don't want to play for a coach that has a good resume, you know. So like, I wanted to play for a coach. I want to play for a coach that has a perfect or a good defensive resume. And he's known for having a good defense, whatever team he go to. So that's like played a big factor in me picking Notre Dame. So the rest of the twenty twenty five class, I know I'm going to get a little more specific here, but I would love to hear just kind of some of your early relationships. I know. Every player I talk to, and I talk to Deuce Knight pretty frequently, but they always talk about like that guy has been in their ear constantly about coming to Notre Dame. Who are a couple of guys that I may I maybe were just kind of reaching out to you, and how is your relationships overall with the other twenty twenty five commits in the class for Notre Dame? Yeah, it was mostly Deuce Knight. Like he was the one that was recruiting me all the time. You know, he I'm sure he recruited other players, but like he was recruiting me hard, telling me like Notre Dame the place to be. You got to come to Notre Dame is home. Like I was, I was like. If a player is trying to recruit another player that much, I'm like, it, they must be doing something right. So that's like, that's really the reason I picked Notre Dame as well. I don't know how much you've been able to dig into the rest of the 2025 class, but I mean, because Deuce is obviously going to get a lot of the conversation, but the defensive start that you guys are off to in 2025, you know, guys like yourself, obviously, Ivan Taylor, Creed Thomas, Dominic Kulak. Davion Dixon, like there are so many great, so much great defensive talent overall in 2025. Just your early impressions on, I guess, just how good this class could potentially be. I mean, like I said, I think that this could be Coach Freeman's best recruiting class during his time at Notre Dame so far. But just your early impressions of how good you think this class can be. I think this class can be amazing. Well, in the long run, if we all like playing for Notre Dame in the future, this is going to be a great team, you know. Because we already great right now. We got, like, the number one recruiting class, number one defensive re- recruiting class. So, like, I believe this, this defense and this 2025 class is going to be amazing in the long run. One guy that's been killing it on the recruiting trail is, I know we talked a lot about Marcus Freeman, but Al Washington's obviously been doing a great job. I mean, he pulled in a great 2024 class, 2025 off to a hot start. What can you tell us about Al Washington? I know that he's been really – making some waves on the recruiting trail. Obviously, they just had a really nice year on the defensive line in 2023. Uh, what can you just tell us about Coach Wash? I think Coach Wash is, like, an amazing coach. Like I said, I said this, like, a year ago, that, like, he was my favorite defensive line coach that's, like, recruiting me right now. And, like, I just wanted to spoke that into existence, you know. So, like, he's developing these players, like, Isaiah Falski and Javante uh, John-Baptiste. Like, he's yeah. he's developing these these players at the line. So like, that's who I want to play for. I'm curious about your projection as a player a little bit, because Chris, I think what impresses me so much about you is that you're a guy that I look at and say, I could do so many different things with them. Like, obviously 
base four, three ends, but I think you can stand up a little bit at times. I think that you can reduce down and maybe play like a little bit of a three and obviously passing situations. How would you ultimately describe yourself as a defensive lineman and how much is your versatility, I guess, to be able to move up and down the line of scrimmage? How how important is that for you? It's very important. Like, I think, I think myself being like an all around defensive line player, like I can play any position on D line. The last two years, I was playing three technique, like just D tackle at 230. Yeah, and for my most my main position is at the edge rusher. So like I believe I could play any position on D line. I know, man. I was watching a little bit of uh of Simeon this past year, and and yeah, are were you guys running a three four? Is is that the is that the defense you guys were running? Because I know I was watching you. I was like, they're playing a lot of three down right now, man. <laughs> like he's uh he's doing his work. I mean, you were playing like a five three four four I. It seems at times, man. It's uh. It's interesting, but I, I know that your home obviously on the next level from its sounds and early conversations obviously is is that strong side defensive end to be able to be that guy that can really develop, it seems. Yeah, I feel like my development at defensive line gonna like increase a lot playing for Notre Dame. Cause like I yeah. said, I've been playing this the strong side, the three technique for a long time now. So I believe like if I play for Notre Dame, it's gonna like increase, go up. My stock gonna yeah. rise playing like their defense, you know, they have like an NFL style defense. So I believe I'm a strive in that. And I actually have, it's not out in the universe yet, but I was just working on a film breakdown of you because again, I, I thought that you put a lot of great stuff on film as a junior. Can you talk to me maybe just about your, your physical development or your development as a player over the last couple of years? Cause like I said, early on, I know you were a little bit more of a basketball guy as far as that, that's was kind of like something that you were playing a whole lot of. Talk to me a little bit about just kind of your development as a player, I guess, over the last couple of years. Well, my development as a player is like it's like increasing a lot. Like each day, I'm working on something new. Each year, I'm doing better at something. Like it's just like I'm staying consistent with it. Like I'm staying consistent with developing. Like my stock is rising just because I'm training every day. So like I'm going to develop at something. Like my legs, explosiveness, my hips, core. Like I'm going to develop at something. Well, and Chris, my last question for you is because obviously a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to listen to this, and I know they're super excited for a lot of different reasons I already talked about. You're a big-time defensive end, a very important position just in the in general in the sport of football. You're obviously a guy that's right in Notre Dame's backyard. I know there's a lot of fans that – a lot of Notre Dame fans that just generally live in Chicago because it's so close by to obviously South Bend, Indiana. But my last question is just overall for the Notre Dame fans that are listening to this interview – I guess just a little glimpse into you, like as far as what could they, what should they expect from you as far as player wise, as a person, I guess overall, what do you feel like you bring to the Notre Dame program? Well, they should expect a, a great player coming out of Notre Dame, a first round coming out of Notre Dame. So like they should expect a lot out of me. They should expect like a natty coming in the future. I love that, man. That's a great way to end this podcast. Again, Irish Breakdown Podcast, Chris Burgess, star defensive end. 2025 class out of the city of Chicago. Chris, I really appreciate you taking some time, man. I know it's been hustle and bustle since being down in San Antonio, making the commitment, getting back home and, you know, coming on with me, man. So I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining the show today. I appreciate you for having me. There you have it, folks. That's Mr. Christopher Burgess, newest defensive line commit in the 2025 class. So University of Notre Dame. Sean, I know it was a very good conversation with Chris. Uh, I will say this. I have interviewed a lot of people over the last uh, eight years, I guess, as long as I've been doing interviews. 
and that is mostly NFL draft prospects, but obviously now that is recruits, coaches, a whole lot of different people. Out of the players I've recru- uh, I've interviewed, Sean, both NFL draft-centric, high school-centric, he is arguably the most confident player that I've ever interviewed, I think, to put it that way. I mean, his, la- his last answer, Sean, about national championships and first-round draft picks, I was like, dang, man, he's he believes it, man. He believes that's it. Just, Ryan, that's just a little South Side swag. That's all it is. Okay. A little, right, little Chicago right. South Side swag. That's all it is. You know, just I dig it, man. Hey, I respect it, man. I respect it very much because Notre Dame needs more of that kind of you know, that kind of urgency to being great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they really do need that. So I, I respect it, man. That just last answer, I was like, Yes, sir. Love that. Well, you know, I <laughs> love that. You know how you lock into cultures at certain schools, you know, in recruiting or certain schools that have a winning culture when you're evaluating for the draft, you know, and certain GMs love getting players, you know, from winning cultures and they're coached by Nick Saban and guys like that. And you talk about Simeon, you know, the football program is vastly underrated because the basketball program takes center stage so many times. That's sure. what people hear about, all the players they put out as far as poops. But the football team puts out a lot of D1 prospects to go to Power yes. 5 schools on an annual yep. basis. A long legacy of great coaches, and Chris Burgess comes right behind that with his previous coach, Dante Colbert, being one of those guys that put in a decade of nothing but winners mm-hmm. at Simeon. So when he actually starts to hone in, on technique and oh because the athletic ability is off the charts ceiling is the roof for Mm -hmm. christopher burgess he can be as good as he wants to be and as good as notre dame allows him to be he could be Mm -hmm. a tremendous football player there's no doubt so that defensive line recruiting folks that's christopher burgess we're gonna get to linebacker recruiting next we have a long way to go on this show so before we do if you just hit that like button for us Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Notification bell on the bottom of the screen if you're listening to us on YouTube. Five-star reviews are always very much appreciated on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms. And go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. A lot of recruiting intel. We'll have some team intel this offseason as well. We'll have updates on the 2025 recruits who are going to be on campus for junior day on the 20th. But we'll get to the next side here, talking linebackers here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs> 